Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong Giants fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode, nay, another season of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother and co-host, the Matthew yes. Henry. Oh, thought I was going to get an esteemed, it's a new season though, I got to earn it back, don't I? You do, you do have to earn it back. As we discussed not long, long ago in the deep, dark winter, uh, barely at the beginning of this year, in that horrible, horrible episode where I was at the bottom of a well, because that's where you had shoved me. <laughs> All right. The sound wasn't the greatest. But, you know, hey, if, if I've lost my esteem, I feel like I'm like on the fringe of the 40 man. Like, I feel like I feel like yes. I'm a Hunter Harvey or an Austin Dean, like, you know, you just were, hanging on by my fingernails. Yeah, yeah you're a Junior Marte. <laughs> <laughs> and um you know you know it's like uh uh yeah you got to prove it you got to prove it all over again man new season and we've got a lot to live up to live up to 107 wins you know i mean that's our debut season matthew is 107 wins i don't know that we can do that again i don't know that we got that in us and we got and and quite frankly if this if this ends up being a a, a big big letdown um you're definitely going to be the one that i throw under the bus <laughs> Of course, I wouldn't expect it any other way. Hence, hence the lack of esteem. Okay, all right. Um, well, you know, if but you know, so 107. If they only win 92, I'm, you know, am I am I less esteemed? That's a 15 game drop off, Matthew. Uh, but true. you know what? It all comes down to it all comes down to where you are at the end of the season, right? Are you are you the World Series champion or are you not? Right. So, you know, if 92 wins is good enough to get them into the playoffs and this year, <laughs> I mean, you and I are going to make the playoffs. Right. <laughs> like we could put together 26 guys, at, you know, uh, 26 players and, and we could make the playoffs this year. Thanks to uh, thanks to the, the, the changes from the collective bargaining agreement. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, yes, folks. Welcome back to another season of Giant Cocktails. Today is Sunday, March 13th, as we record this podcast. Do you know what's significant about March 13th? It's a day after March 12th. That's true. It is also mm -hmm. Will the Thrill's birthday. Whoa. Yes. Wow, that is significant. Okay. It is. No, I, I thought you were just messing with me. I wasn't no. messing with you. I feel like I, that was relevant content to our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Well, happy birthday, to the thriller, um, what a uh, you know what an, an appropriate day to to get back on 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 the wagon. Um, uh, well, actually, you and I are both off the wagon because we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. But um, <laughs> that's like the point of this show, right? It is part of it. Part of it, yes. Um, but uh, no, what a what a great day to get back to it. The thriller's birthday. All right, yeah, cool. That is significant. What is also significant is that um, we're back 
to baseball, the collective bargaining agreement or whatever that is, the labor stoppage, the lockout, the strike, you know, the gray-faced players, the evil overlord owners, all of that is is behind us, right? We've got five years of of not having to, you know, hear about that. And, and we're back to, to being able to talk about baseball. What a relief. I, and I'm, I'm so glad that we're here. And uh, it's good to be back with you. And on that note, Matthew, I have a question for you. I bet I know what it is. What are you drinking? Oh, I thought you'd never ask. Well, Ben, I, I am drinking a tequila old-fashioned. And during our off time, you know, there was a lot of things to do when baseball, you know, nothing was going on. And so mm-hmm. I so started. Many things. Yeah. Well, I started. Uh, I used my time not getting into the best shape of my life, like Kurt Casale. Uh <laughs> But what I did instead was I started playing around with the template of the old fashioned and started, you know, with the spirits uh with the bitters and with with the syrup and i played around with it a lot and one of my favorites that i came up with was a tequila old-fashioned and this one has two ounces of an añejo uh tequila nice sipping tequila it's got a dash of chocolate bitters and a few dashes of angostura to kind of bring out the spiciness and then uh and then i have some agave a little bit of agave syrup to sweeten it out and uh, stirred that with ice to dilute it a little bit. Threw it in with some uh, with a big chunk of ice into my old fashioned glass. Spritzed it with an orange and lemon lime. Kind of gave it a little bit of a, a mist of, of both oils of, from the lemon and orange. And I'm really enjoying it. So that is what I'm drinking today. Ben, what are you drinking? I am drinking something else that's also in the old fashioned family. Similar. It's similar. Yeah. Uh, but it's got its own name. This is a Sazerac. And mm. I am actually drinking so the Sazerac today is most commonly made with with rye. Rye whiskey. But the original Sazerac was originally made with cognac. And so that's what I'm drinking. I am drinking a cognac Sazerac, which is two ounces of cognac. Uh, any brandy would do. Uh, or any rye whiskey, or any bourbon for that matter, uh, would do. Uh, and it is accompanied by a couple of shots of, or dashes of Peychaud's bitters. Got to be uh, Peychaud's though, right? It's got to be, yeah, it's got to be Peychaud's bitters to really be a Sazerac, you know. Um, again, this is kind of a template recipe, so you can do whatever you want at the end of the day. But to be a Sazerac, it's got to have Peychaud's bitters in there. And... Um, there's a, a little bit of simple syrup in here. I, I'm, I'm going to be perfectly honest. You know, my simple syrup supply was, was kind of running low and I didn't have enough, uh, to hit the recipe that I was going for, which is like half an ounce. So I just poured whatever I had in there. So there's slightly less than half an ounce of, um, of, uh, simple syrup in here. And I stirred that all up, um, and then I added that over a large chunk of ice, stirred it a little bit more in a rocks glass, and then uh, topped it off with a uh, a lemon twist. And uh, there you go, a very simple but lovely Sazerac. Uh, it's it, you're forgetting one ingredient, kind of a key ingredient to the Sazerac. 
This oh dif- yes, that's right. Differentiates it from the old uh, fashioned. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I did. Do, I did do that. I had. I, I, yeah. So so the first thing that I did before I did all of those things is I took my rocks glass, and I put in a little bit of absinthe. Uh, and then I rolled that around the entire glass to coat the entire inner part of the glass with with absinthe. Um, and yes, that is an essential ingredient. It, it absolutely changes the flavor profile of this cocktail. It is absolutely necessary. I will say this. If you are not a fan of absinthe, um, this is not an overpowering flavor in this cocktail. It, it really does not come off as being a heavily absinthe-flavored cocktail or dark licorice-flavored cocktail. Um, it, it, it really does play nicely along with the other ingredients. So so if you are a little bit afraid of the absinthe, I would say go to the cocktails or go to the, the liquor store and get yourself one of those tiny little sampler bottles and and do what we just did, which is just, you know, coat the inner glass, dump out the excess, and then, and then put the rest of the ingredients in there. And um, I'm sure you will enjoy it. So, yes, there you go. Wow. I can't believe I almost forgot that. You know, know. We, 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 we're rusty. We're rusty. Well, I'm rusty anyway. I, I don't I, know. Yeah, well, it's been a while. I mean, it's been a while since we talked about cocktails. It's been a while since we've been talking about the Giants. All because of this damn CBA. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, before that, I'm just remembering the Giants used to have a guy named Rusty. Do you remember that guy? The guy, the little, the little animatronic guy that would come out of the of the oh. thing at the ballpark. He was only there for one year because people hated him so much. He was the he was the crazy crab of 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 AT and T slash Oracle slash Pac Bell Park. I remember? do remember Rusty. that now. Yeah, he would yeah. come out on the out on the wall on Willie yeah. uh, out on McCovey Cove. Yeah, Levi's Wall or whatever they call yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my God, I had totally erased that from my memory banks. That is. Wow. Wow. Well, That's... let's hope that we're not as awful as that guy was. Cuz he was pretty horrible. <laughs> he he was. was definitely he was a gimmick. He was a gimmick, but that's okay. They got rid of him and they made some really cool expensive seats. That's right. Where, they where did. Have a party. Is, no, yeah. Yo, they 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 made they turned lemon into lemonade for sure yeah, the Giants did, didn't they? Yeah, they sure did. They sure did. Those uh, and they did you know, maybe they wouldn't forget the the absinthe. So yeah. I, I have a little tip on the absinthe too. Uh put it in a little squirt bottle, you know, one of those little sprayers, and you can just mm-hmm. spray the inside of your cup. A lot easier than to kind of roll it around. I'm not very good at that. I kind of, mm-hmm. so I've, I've learned that you get a little spray bottle with your absinthe, because yeah. the Sazerac is the one that you'll go back to. It's it's That's that right. good of a cocktail. It is a good cocktail. It is a good cocktail. That's a good tip. I mean, I thought we were trying to tone down our tips and going deep into the cocktails, but that is a good tip. That we're still we're tip. still on, on time. That's why I threw that in there. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Good. All right. Um, but, well, that's, be- that's because we're making a whole other show about the cocktails. That's right? true. And we'll talk about that another time when we actually yeah. you know, um, are ready to, to announce that. But uh, anyway, uh, so CBA, right? This whole thing that we've been kind of supposed to be paying attention to during the offseason and... There are a lot of resources Wait, out there. We, to f- we were supposed to be paying well, attention. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're I had a baseball no dis- fan, I don't. If you were a baseball fan, you're supposed to be paying attention to that. Well, you may have seen, like, on Twitter, the all the Twitter guys, you know, all the 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 guys with the blue oh. check marks talking about, you know, the CBA, and so I would follow it. I'd, you know, I was I was trying to pay attention to kind of what what the what the owners were trying to pull over on the players and what the players wanted more from the owners, and I have a general idea of what what happened, but. You know, I know when we first we, we recorded the, uh, an episode during the lockout and it was, you know, I think we phrased it as like millionaires arguing with billionaires and over our money, 
Yeah. Over our money, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. and so you know, I'm a, I was yeah, you know, I still have a little bitterness in there around that. I, I I will say personally that I start you know, it's like when you watch a game that you have no interest in. You, you just turn on a TV and you see like some college football game. And you're like, oh, I don't really have any interest in this. And all of a sudden, you find yourself rooting for one team, like for like <laughs> no reason, right? Well, I. <laughs> I started rooting for the players. Like I was just like, yeah, give it to them, man. Give it to them. Like I was, I, I wanted the players to just, you know, come out of this, you know, making bank. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I feel like they, they definitely made some inroads into that. What do you think? I think I'm glad it's over and I (laughs) really uh, don't give a rat's ass. Um, I mean, like, you know, labor stoppages are never good. And I said this way back in, I don't know, what was it, an episode or two ago, but but many months ago, I said in these kinds of things, especially after having experienced 1994 when one of these things took away the World Series, um, you know, there's there's no good guys in this. this. This is a bunch of wealthy people fighting over your money, and it's just really distasteful. Um, and, and it, it, it really, I think, takes away from the game. They, you know, like when you said it, you know, we were supposed to be paying attention to, uh, baseball fans, you were under no obligation or expectation <laughs> to be following the collective bargaining, uh, negotiations going on between the major league baseball players association and major league baseball. You were under no obligation to follow that, to pay attention to that and to pretend like you understood or cared. Right. We are baseball fans. What we do is we pay money to watch people play baseball, not to not pay money to watch people argue over who gets more of our money. So. So, no, the CBA negotiations to me were not fun. They were not exciting. They were not interesting. I did not enjoy that process whatsoever. And I'll also tell you what I didn't enjoy was each of them giving these statements, trying to throw the other side under the bus. Right. Trying to like trying to manipulate me with their crappy statements about how the other side was horrible and they were great. Like, I really didn't appreciate that. Right. Like, I did not appreciate how they tried to make me a pawn in their game. So, no, I didn't enjoy that process as a fan. I'm sorry. I just didn't. Now, I get it. Like, if you're going to say, hey, Ben, which one of these sides did you relate with more? Well, obviously, I related to the players more because, like, you know, at least I can understand that. A kid who grows up his whole life wanting to be, you know, a great performer at his sport versus being a, you know, an American oligarch. And we all know what that term is, the American <laughs> oligarch, right? Oh. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it's like to be an oligarch. And I will never know what it's like to be an oligarch. Uh, and so definitely if anybody is trying to stick it to those guys, then yeah, I'm probably going to be on the other side. But at the end of the day, do I really care like who came out on top? No. The only reason I would care is, is like, what does this mean five years from now when they have to go through this again? And, you know, I, what the players were trying to convince me of, I think, is that what they really cared about was competitiveness. Right. They wanted to stop teams from tanking. It wasn't about the money. They wanted the they wanted every team to have a legitimate shot of winning the World Series every year. And baseball has evolved into this game where that's not the right way to make your team better. Right. The best way to make your team better is to blow it up, to be lousy for three or four years and take all of the benefits from that of picking early in the draft and using that reduced payroll to invest in your minor leagues 
all of that will eventually make you a great team. You know, a perfect example of that being the Astros. And I know the Astros did a fair amount of cheating as well, and so that never hurts, right? But, you know, I mean, the Astros is kind of the, the recent example of that. Yeah, right? the poster child of, of that yeah, whole tanking that. thing. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I think they, you know, the players were saying, hey, we don't want there to be tanking. We, we want there to be more competitive baseball. And that's really what this is all about. Um, I, I mean, I think at the end of the day that, that that might have been what this was about. And I believe that because I think players want a competitive platform. They, they, they all want to have a chance to win the World Series every year. And, and I definitely believe that was true. But I also think they, they wanted more money. And I will say this, like when you talk about it being a closed system, right? Major League Baseball is making all of that money anyway, no matter what. I think it definitely a lion's share of that should go to the players, right? Because they're the ones who are ultimately producing the product. At the same time, it wouldn't be the same entertainment platform that it is without having all of the other people involved in Major League Baseball, right? You, you couldn't have 45,000 people going to a baseball game if you didn't have stadiums that seated 45,000 people, right? Fair enough, yes. You know, you wouldn't have all that extra money coming in for television rights if you didn't have people negotiating those rights and producing the games and, and getting the advertisers involved and making sure that you had a platform where all of those things could happen, right? So, And there, both, you know, there's there's some guy playing, you know, who, who walks around in a SEAL outfit at, at, at Oracle. That's right, right? right? He's got to get and, paid. And, and somebody's got to make sure that he gets hired. Yeah. Right. And and all of the other people involved. So it really takes both sides. It takes both the players and the entire business organization to to make this product what it is that I enjoy so much. Um, and so I think both sides should benefit from it. Right. And um, and I think that that benefit benefit should be fair. And I think over the past few years, the players had not been getting their fair share. No. Right. They, yeah. they had been getting the same amount as as revenues went up. Players' salaries were not going up. And I think, yeah, that wasn't fair um, in that system. And so I, 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 I hope that they're getting more. I don't I don't know that they got what they wanted, though. Right, Matthew? Right. Because yeah, well, there's yeah, some I'm... weird things happened during this negotiation, right? Like the executive, what, what do they call it? The executive? The executive committee of the union, right? Yeah, the executive committee, which I guess is picked by what? Like whether or not you're an all-star? It seemed that way, it right? It seemed Max like you could only be on the like... you could only be an executive <laughs> if you're an all star, right? These other guys who actually, you know, these other guys whose names you don't know, and 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 then the other guys, the hangers ons, right? The guys that are constantly be calling up and down, you know, they weren't on the executive committee. What's that all about? But anyway, <laughs> the executive committee voted zero to eight to reject the agreement, and then the player reps voted what twenty six to four in favor of. Yeah, that's an interesting thing to me. You know, maybe if I cared more about the CBI, I would dive, dive more into that. But that's an interesting statement. This executive committee was 0 and 8, but the exec, the, the but the player reps were 26 and 4. And ultimately, for the whole thing to be approved and ratified, the rank and file had to vote in favor of it. And evidently they have, or everybody expects that they will. So it doesn't seem to me like the players were as aligned as they said they were. And I really feel like what drove the players to agree here seems to have been, and I really don't know, but it seems to have been the fact that they were going to start to lose the chance of playing 162 games for, for this season. And and it would have been really, really hard for them to demand getting full salary for not playing a full slate of games. Yeah, players and, players didn't want to lose money. They didn't want to lose money this season for a better a contract. And and that and, and you know well, and, especially and that, when they see that 
yeah, especially those guys that are making the league minimum, they're looking at a significant increase this year if they play off 162 games. If they don't, right. then it gets prorated and they're not making anything. They're not making right. an increase, right? right. So, and, and a lot of those guys are not going to get a second contract in their career. Um, this is their one shot for maybe the next two or three years to make a significant amount of money, and then they're going to have to do, do something else in their lives, and they're never going to become an all-star. They're never going to get that big, huge contract. They're never going to be on the executive committee of the MLBPA. And so... You know, I, I I don't know. It seems very interesting to me, and I I wonder if if there is a little bit of a misalignment there, because it is a lot easier to say no to something when you already have millions and millions of dollars in the bank, than you are than it is to say no to something when somebody's saying that you're going to make a million dollars this year, and you have nothing but zeros in your bank account. Right. So it's a huge difference. And that's true. Right. I mean, within this very small fraternity of people, you have both of those groups. Yeah. And um, and that's those are two very different places to be. And so I I find I find that very interesting. But at the end of the day, I'm just glad it's over. I'm glad we can go back to talking about baseball and uh, and, you know, how are the Giants going to win 108 games this year? Um, and, and not have to talk about things like is a luxury tax a salary cap or, or not. Well, so it's interesting you talk about are we going to win 108 games because the collective bargaining agreement made it harder for the Giants to do what they do. And, and one of the, so one of the things that, that I did, you know, pay attention to when I was looking at that, that CBA, uh, was, uh, they've now limited the amount of times a player can be optioned in a year. Uh, to five. And so that means, uh, you know, how many times they go up to the club and back down. And the Giants are, are one of the clubs that is really liberal with their use of that. I mean, that is a strategy that they use to give their bullpen rest, especially. But also, you know, when we've got guys who are older, like the Giants do, you know, they're in starting infielders, you know, we're um, AARP members, you know, they, they definitely uh, benefited from that. And I know you texted me last week, uh, the number of times that Jason Vossler was optioned last year, the dude was optioned nine times. <laughs> and when I read that, I read that in like the Ferris Bueller principles like voice, you know, when he's telling Mrs. Bueller that Bueller has been absent from school nine times. And I'm just like nine times like Jason, man, you just lived out of a suitcase this year. Like and and of course every time he gets sent back down he loses money right and and every time he gets sent up he gets a little bit of a raise and so I just I mean that's that's a lot for a guy to handle and and so I I, I get that the players were like hey let's 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 limit that but that does affect the Giants right I mean and how they've how they've played so far it's a huge blow to the Giants this is a huge blow to the Giants um, First of all, the two teams that took advantage of this the most last year were the Rays and the Giants, and they both won the most games in their leagues, respectively. So <laughs> hmm. this, hmm, you know, this was one of those things where you know the Giants were basically using this as as a roster, right, as their major league roster. And I guarantee you, yes, Jason Vossler got optioned nine times, but he didn't go up and down nine times. No, he, he was they, hanging out in the hotel. Were, he know, was hanging he was... out with the team. He was probably in the dugout. Come on. <laughs> well, I don't, well, he's probably not allowed, but he was in the clubhouse, right? I guarantee you he spent a lot of that time just with the team because they knew he was going to come back. 
And that was true, I think, for a lot of the Giants, you know. So it, it this was definitely a thing that the Giants exploited. Um, but yeah, I mean, the reason why a, a limit was put on it is because, because yeah, it does actually hurt the average payroll, right? Because you are paying less money to those guys whenever they're sent down. And, um, and so, yeah, that definitely hurt the payroll. I mean, the giants were using it for a competitive advantage. Um, but it's also, yeah, it's definitely not fair to those guys financially speaking, especially when you and your mind are treating them as if they were a major league player, which, which clearly the giants were, um, nonetheless, it was a huge benefit to the giants and, and five times is still a lot. Five times is still a lot to bring a guy up and down, up and down. Um, but yeah, I mean, the flexibility is going to be a little bit more limited for the giants. Um, the good news is we did get the universal DH. I mean, I don't know if you call that good news. Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess I, yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily say good news, but the inevitable happened and, and we have to accept it and move on. So, and, and, and you're right. That's a place to stash a player who maybe can't play, you know, maybe they're, they've got an ailment that maybe hurts them in their mobility in the field, but they can still swing the bat. Uh, so that'll keep them active, you know, uh, on right. On the it roster. requires it requires less movement back and forth because now yeah. you you have a guy who you can just who do, it doesn't matter where he plays in the field, right? Right. Um. So so that is one thing that I think is a change in their in their favor. But yeah. you know, another big thing that is just as similar, which I'm looking at here in the notes that you wrote down, is that uh, the injured list stay for pitchers was previously ten days. But now it's gone back to 15. Yeah. And that's a big deal because I think you know, I think last year Gosman during over the spring break or over the all-star break, I think was sandwiched around. There was some ILs then. I mean, they were giving guys a little bit of a break midway through because they knew they were only gonna miss one, maybe two starts at the most. Yeah. Fifteen days. Now you're talking two to three starts. And yeah. you know, that's a little bit more of, of a vacation I think the Giants would like. So they were they were yeah. Oh, oh you I don't know. It seemed like I just remember there was a picture that like I don't know, drop something on their foot or something. I don't know. There's just, you know, these weird injuries that you're like, oh, sure. Okay, Giants. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're getting them their 10-day break because they dropped a weight on their foot. And now they've got to be out for 10 days. I believe you're referring to Jose Alvarez, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> That's right. Matthew? Mr. Alvarez, my favorite reliever. <laughs> Well, legitimately one of the better relievers on the Giants. Granted, yes. granted, but he didn't get off to a great start, and it just it made me hard to kind of love him afterwards. But yeah. uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah, but yeah, he. Oh, I dropped a weight on my foot. Now I got to take ten days off. And I just, you know, those were he was struggling right. at the time, right? So you're right. like, okay, sure, sure, that's it. Weight on your foot. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, so, the bottom line is the Giants definitely took advantage of that stuff, and clearly that's not the intent of those things. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and I think the they're on to us. They figured it out, and they've taken away those toys, those capabilities. Uh, but, you know, pitchers still have to face three batters in a row, so we still got that. We can still, Kapler can still do his line changes. Yeah. Uh, you know, you won't see I, as many pinch hits, though, with this DH, right? I mean, there's, you know, we, we, so the Giants set a major league record last year with the number of pinch hit uh, appearances by a, by a team. I feel like that's a record now that will never be broken. Like, I, you know, now that you're removing, you know, all yeah. these pinch hit opportunities, you know, the the Giants now will be forever immortalized as the pinch hitting machines that they were in 2021. I mean, so, I think 
I think that's definitely true. You're not going to see that set. But I think that one of the reasons they set a record is because Giants pinch hit a lot for guys that were not the pitcher. True, true. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah with, but with the DH in the middle, I mean, can you pinch hit for a DH? I, I don't know. I, see, I don't even follow American League rules. I don't even know. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to like bone up on that. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll figure so, it out. There's so some the final thing, and I know that. you and I have a little disagreement on this, but the final thing that I just want to touch on is this extra playoff spots. Hmm. Right. I feel like that benefits the Giants in making the playoffs because, you know, like especially if you look at a year like this year where the Padres and the Dodgers and the Giants are expected to be, you know, the one of the top three teams specific. Yeah. Yes. In the National League West, but also in all of the National League. And so I feel like now you've got an extra opportunity to to make the playoffs. Um, but I know you were you were telling me that you weren't you weren't so sure that that was a positive thing for the Giants. Explain uh, the Giants are a top-tier team. They are one of the dominant teams in baseball, or at least they should be. Do you hear me? Ownership. <laughs> top-tier team. I expect you guys to make the playoffs every year. I expect you to win the division every year. Top-tier teams don't need there to be extra playoff spots because they're already in the playoffs, right? You know, You know who needs an extra playoff spot? Teams like the Padres. <laughs> Congratulations, San Diego Padres. Uh, you have more of a chance of making the playoffs this year. I mean, I'm sure you'll find a way to not do it. Um, you know, but uh, no, I mean, that's my, my point. Is My point is, is that, like, if you're a top-tier team that is always competitive, then having more playoff spots is not to your advantage because it's just more more uh teams that you have to get through in the playoffs and that's that's you know the margin for error is is so much smaller in the playoffs luck plays a much much bigger factor in the playoffs uh, you know so a better team can be easily vanquished by a lesser team in the playoffs because of the format and it's just not good for teams that are perennial winners and so I, you know, I, I think if your team is a perennial winner, then then no, you you don't want there to be extra playoff spots. That being said, yes, it's now easier for everybody to make the playoffs, right? And it also means that maybe given you know, unless home field advantage or you know, I don't know exactly what the structure is going to be. So being that last team in is is you know, I mean, obviously you don't want to play a one game playoff, right? No, there's no more one game playoffs, so that's a, that's a plus. So now. Uh, I think the first two teams get buys, and then the, then the next four play each other in a three-game playoff with the higher the higher. Is that a buy? Is a... that a, is that a good thing? Yeah, that's an argument to be made. Sure, right? You know, it's not like football where you want to heal up or anything like that, right? It's uh, well, uh, it's maybe, not even maybe that. You wanna... Maybe you maybe have... the only good thing is you get to reset your rotation, you know, uh, for a three, you know, for a five game. Well, series, but now but... now you have a three game series, so even if you lose that first game in the playoffs, you still have a chance. Right. Right. Yep. So you may not fight as hard. Right. That's true. That's true. You know, there could be. Yeah, uh, there there might be some unforeseen um, kind of you know, circumstances that uh, we, we aren't thinking of. So. Right. So I, I, I don't know that this is necessarily better for the Giants. Um, I think this is better for those middling teams like the Padres. Uh, no offense, guys. I, I know you're trying. I know you're trying. I know. I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. You you guys don't want to be a middling team. You're you're, you're trying real hard. You're you're hiring good people. You're well. Jace Tingler was a, he's a decent man. Uh, <laughs> you're 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 doing your best, 
and you want to be a top tier team, but, but you're not. Okay, so this is good news for you. But I don't know that this is good news for all the other top tier teams. And, and what I worry is that this is good news for those mediocre teams that don't try very hard, right? The teams that I think Major League Baseball Players Association doesn't want to be making the playoffs. This is one of the reasons they were against it, right? Is these, like, do you really want these middling teams that really don't try very hard to make the playoffs and then make a run? You know, I, I, I don't know. I, like, I don't know if that's that's good or not, but... It's certainly going to create some exciting, a lot of exciting moments during the playoffs, and and everybody likes to watch playoff games. So, I, I think in that respect, it's good. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think if you're a dominant top tier team, having more teams make the playoffs is not necessarily to your benefit. All right, all right, fair enough. Well, so the last week, we you know, once the CBA was signed, you know, I I personally expected like the Giants to just sign like every available free agent like right off the bat. Sadly, that hasn't been the case. Uh, they have a lot of room in their uh, payroll to do so, but you know, they. You know, what I what I what I tweeted out earlier was that I feel like all the teams, nobody wanted to you know to to look like they had been breaking the rules by talking with agents and all that. So like everybody's just sitting around knowing that there had been some discussions, but nobody wants to be that first one to pull the trigger because then that would indicate that they had been doing some stuff behind the scenes. So. So that wasn't quite the, the the fireworks that I thought, but hey, then I'm sitting at work, minding my own business, typing away, doing my job. I get a text saying, wow, Rodone. And I'm like, what? And so then I had to get on Twitter and look, and sure enough, the Giants signed the top available starting pitcher on the market, Carlos Rodone. How about them apples? How about them apples indeed? And that was pretty quick. Yeah. It was it was the next day. It was. And uh and it's not a done deal yet, right? But I mean, I, I He's guess in Arizona. He's picked out his number. Okay, okay, it's a done deal. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I I'm with you. I'm he, with and, you. And the interesting thing, the reason I say he picked out his number is his number was 55. His Twitter oh. handle is Carlos Rodon 55. And uh, well, the ask? Giants, the Giants have a special place in their heart for a number fifty-five, and so Rodon actually chose another number. I don't know what number that is, but he. Uh, oh, really? He, yes, he did. Wow! I yes. did. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, I was gonna say, did he get permission? I mean, the guy. You, know, you can't find he... Timmy. Timmy's half baked somewhere in like a mountain. So like, like I don't know. But uh, but the giant. Someone was looking out for him. He 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 definitely. Uh, Rodon made the wise choice and chose another number. From what yeah. I understand, anyway. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, Tim will come back eventually. And when he does, he was not he's not gonna appreciate seeing fifty five running out there with somebody else on somebody else's back, you know what I mean? Like Yes. Uh you know, yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, well so okay. So Rodone, like obviously last year had an amazing season, right? I mean two point three seven ERA. He was thirteen and five. He had uh I mean his I mean all of his numbers across the board were amazing. Twelve point six strikeouts per nine innings. I mean, the guy had a great finished fifth in the Cy Young Award. He was an all-star. So by all accounts, he was great. But then you look at some of his other I mean, he's been kind of a I know he's been battling injuries. He's had like Tommy John and and other shoulder problems and all that. So the last prior to 2021, he had some injuries. Uh, so you, it's funny, a baseball reference has this little feature where they they um, tell you who they're most similar to in their career at this point. 
And two names jumped out at me that you might remember. One was Trevor Wilson, and another <laughs> was Noah Lowry. And uh, so, you know, and, and I'm like, do you want to be like compared to Trevor Wilson and Noah Lowry? Like, I mean, they had some good seasons with the Giants, but then ultimately, I know Noah had a you know injury is what ended his career. I mean, he was a great pitcher, uh, lives here in, in in Sonoma County where I live, so you know, very well revered here here in Sonoma County. But you know, I'm like, man, I want him to be like Max Scherzer. Like, I want him to be like, you know, I want those kind of names to be compared to. And and no, no, it was Noah Lowry and Trevor Wilson, but. Uh, but, I mean, this is a big but, right? I mean, if he comes back and maintains his health and we get another year like last year, then Gosman who? Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. right? Uh, agreed. Agreed. No, first of all, Noah Lowry. Okay, so this whole player comparison thing you you pick you you cherry pick two names off of of, of a just list just because of those like names jumped out at me right 30, I mean, they were giants you know? thirty yeah yeah similar his most similar to Noah Lowry unfortunately when they were both twenty five that is not a good year to be compared to Noah Lowry it was his, <laughs> it was his worst year but of course for Rodon that was many years ago um, you know he is uh, he's what he's going into his thirty his twenty nine year um, so that's we're talking about four or five years ago when when he most heavily compared to Noah Lowry. Um, and, um, you know, but Noah Lowry was a great pitcher. I, I, and and I think one of, he was one of the most disappointing injuries in, in recent history, I think, for the San Francisco Giants. Um, you know, he had nerve nerve problems, I think, in his throwing arm and uh, was just a really unfortunate because I, I really feel like he was a guy whose career was on the upswing and and, and, and could have been great, maybe maybe followed a path like, like Rodon's. Trevor Wilson, oh my gosh, wow. Um, that's yeah, a name. That name. That's wow, a blow. Huh? Oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, that the, the thing that immediately comes back to me is that grimace last smile he used to have on the mound, and he would do this thing where he would bare his teeth, like a like you know, I don't know. <laughs> that's right. But but in a, in a way, like oh my god, somebody stuck him in the ankle with a ballpoint pen kind of way. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, no. But I, I I think he doesn't compare super closely to those guys. Um, you know, I, I think one of the names that he, he does, he creates most closely to is, uh, Lucas Giolito, uh, who is, had three great seasons in a row. Right. And is also with the White Sox. Right. Right. So that's a player. That's the, that's the player that he rates most closely to secondly, second, most closely to of all other pitchers to have ever played the game. So that's a good guy to rate more closely to. So. Um, and and my my goodness, his ERA plus from last year was 183. Remember, average is 100, yeah. right? So um, you're 83 percent above average. You're, you're not right. doing bad. His, his his WHIP, his walks plus hits, was less than one. I mean, if you're 1.25, you're good, right? So um, if you're less than one, you're filthy. I mean, that's just... yeah. He was just, and, and this was over 132 innings pitched. I mean. Yes, if he pitches, he was fifth in Cy Young voting. He was an all-star. I mean, if that's the player that they're getting, then this is a fantastic signing. If he's a little bit worse than that, this is still a great signing. So, 
Um, and what I also love about it is this is not a long contract. They didn't break the bank. They didn't mortgage their future. This is exactly the kind of contract that I want to see the Giants signing. And and he was the best pitcher available on the market. It's not like there was tons of stuff out there that was better. So I, I think it exemplifies that the Giants are ready to spend money and they're ready to go out and get what uh, what the fans want them to do, the players that they want to see. And so I, I'm I'm super psyched about this signing. Yeah. Well, and I, I feel like, you know, the, we, we mentioned Gosman and we're going to talk about him in a second. But I think, you know, you look at the rotation now. You've got you've got Webb at the top, you know, followed by Rodone. Then you got DeSclafani, Wood and Cobb. And so you're basically replacing Gosman with 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 Rodone, which is an excellent replacement, you know, at par, if not better. Right. And right. then and then uh, certainly Cobb could be seen as an upgrade over Cueto. And and Definitely. so, yeah. So Definitely. I feel like our starting rotation, we're go going into the season anyway, is stronger. Still work to be done. But stronger, I think, on paper than it was in 2021, which is saying a lot because that starting rotation was pretty darn good over over the course of, of the season. Starting rotation was fantastic. I mean, yeah. the only thing we really had hurting us there, especially at the end, with uh, when uh, when Wood got sick, you know, I, yeah. I think was was that was the injuries, right? And right. Um, and and I think that was that was the biggest the biggest. Um, problem uh, with that rotation but that's always going to be a problem right injury is always there looming ready to take down any team at any time so uh, i think yeah this is this is a better looking rotation now we didn't know it at the beginning of last year we didn't know what disclafani and wood were going to do right we had high hopes for them though right i think we anticipated yeah. one of them having a great season but having two of them have great seasons and now we know what they can do uh, this is a great rotation. It is definitely an upgrade from over last year. It is disappointing, though, that we didn't get Kevin Gosman. And, and I think we heard some disappointing news about that, too. But yeah, you know, well, I, that was one of the kind of those little tweets out of the blue in the middle of the uh, depression of 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 no baseball. Gosman just out of the blue says, hey, y'all, quit quit griping on me. The Giants never made me an offer. And which I was like, Wow. You know, that's uh, I, I, and I and I my, my thought was, is that you know, we you talked about how this was the perfect contract for Rodon to get Rodon, right? Two years, you know, at most, maybe even one. He's got an opt out after a year, a player opt in, opt out. Uh, but there's no long term dollars committed. And I think that's the way Farhan wants it to be. I don't you know, I think that he he has never given up a long term contract to a pitcher. And they knew that Gosman was going to get that somewhere else. So why waste why waste yeah. their time, you know, giving him a subpar offer when it was easily going to be beaten by at least, you know, one other team. So that's yeah, my I, thought. I don't think it was any disrespect. I just feel like, hey, you know, they they were like being realistic. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I think probably what happened was the Blue Jays beat them to the punch. And they made an offer that the Giants were not going to match, probably in length. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh, as absolutely. You said. I don't think average dollars was the problem. No. No. And and I think you know the I, just because they didn't make him an official offer doesn't mean they didn't talk to his agent. Right. Okay. Um. And just because the Giants talked to his agent doesn't mean his agent told them that. Right. A lot of things happen during these negotiations, and quite frankly, I think the agents don't want the players talking to the teams. 
Mm-hmm. Right. They don't because want emotions don't, to get involved. They don't want emotions to get involved. Right. I mean, and and honestly, that's one of the reasons that you hire an agent. True. Right. True. Is they're there to do that for you. So that's this is not a knock against agents. I mean, they're doing their job. Right. And uh, and I would you know, we don't we don't know what happened in that negotiation. But I can tell you this. Yeah. Like the Giants were just not going to meet that length. And and that is ultimately probably what it came down to. And so if the Giants had made an offer early on and then the Blue Jays came and overmatched it, then then the, the outcome wouldn't have been any different. Right. Right. Gossman would have gone to Toronto. The Giants would have said, OK, no, we can't. We're not going to match that. Um, and, but then Gossman wouldn't have been able to say, oh, they never made me an offer. Um, to me, that sounds like he's a little disappointed that he's not being a San Francisco Giant. Yeah. Well, he's and... he's paying Canadian taxes. That's why. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Which is not not insignificant. Um, <laughs> but and... uh, you know, I wish him the best. I I loved Gosman. Uh, you know, really, really uh, loved the guy. And so you know, I, it was sad to see him go. But hey, you know, the baseball it's business. You know, we got we got uh, you know we got a replacement. We're ready to roll on that. Mm-hmm. So we've so Rodano's our at this point, our only big free agent signing, right? Uh, and so uh, saw around, you know, lately the, the chatter has been around uh, Seiya Suzuki, the, uh, the the player from Japan. Uh, uh, I, I'm feeling like, like, I don't know. I have this feeling like there's just, it's too good to be true if the Giants were to get Suzuki and Rodon. Like, I just felt like, like, oh no, there's so many other teams out there going for him. The Giants, you know, there's just no way. There's just no way. And but dang it, I want it. I want it, Ben. <laughs> I I want I want Saya to come and hang out in 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 San Francisco and experience the Asian culture that we have here in the Bay Area. He'll feel right at home and he'll man left field for us for the next, you know, five to six years. Uh, yes. Uh, yes, please. I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know enough about, about, uh, about Suzuki to know whether, what kind of player he is. Obviously he's one of the most highly touted, uh, Japanese players to be, to make him or to be made available to MLB in, a, in the history of baseball, quite frankly. Um, but you know, that doesn't always work out the way, you know, people, people want it to, um, you know, they're not always necessarily, it doesn't, you know, just because he's a slam dunk. Yeah. It's not a slam dunk. We, he hasn't played a single game of major league baseball yet. Let's be clear on that. Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And um, so it's definitely, you're, you're, you're banking on upside, uh, you know, and potential over, over, you know, someone like Castellanos who we know has done it. Yeah, you know, at right. the major league level. Right. And I, I think as a fan, I would be equally happy for the Giants to sign either one of those guys. I, I definitely think they need a an impact player uh on the you know, an impact hitter in the outfield. Uh and and I think either one of these guys would, would fit the bill. What I am happy to to hear is that the Giants are among five teams that people are talking about. And when you're talking about Japanese players and you're being compared to the Mariners, who are always in on on these guys, right? Yep. They're owned by a, a Japanese, Japanese company, yep, yep. right? And then you have the Dodgers, the Cubs, and the Red Sox being the other teams involved, then I'm just glad that the Giants are in there, right? That is 
that's just proof to me that the Giants are going to be that kind of team going forward. Right. We're not going to be this bargain hunters. We're not going to be, although we're very good at bargain hunting. Yeah. Right. Um, we are going to be a team that is is looking for the best quality players on the market that we can afford. And we can afford a lot. Absolutely. We can, aff- we can afford a lot. Yeah. Although on that note, it's interesting with the Japanese player, right? Because it's not just his salary that that they can factor in. There's the posting fee uh, that he's, they got to pay the Japanese team, and it's like twenty percent of the value of the uh, of the of the contract. And then and the the percentage lowers the higher the contract, but still, it's significant. And so. Uh, you know, not which is probably why there's only a handful of teams that are in on this because you know there's not that many teams that are going to open up their 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 bank their pocketbooks like right. that. Right. So you you give Suzuki whatever you promise him, and then you have to give twenty percent more. Correct. Uh, to to the team uh, that's uh, that's um, uh, that is it coming from, which is the yeah this is this is the Hiroshima Carp is who he's playing for yes. now. Uh, but he his slash line was 317, 433, 639. And numbers in the uh, in Japan are comparable. So uh, that's a 317, 433 on base, 639 slugging percentage. The guy can he's, rake. Yeah. He's 27 years old. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you like know. numbers like that, you're like, yeah, let's let's do it, right? And yeah. And the Giants, uh, the Giants have a lot of money left over, so I feel like this is this we could do it. We could, right? Well, and if they get him over, uh, over the Dodgers, oh please, yes, <laughs> that's right, please, yes, because I, you know, like I think I think in terms of of who people who 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 each team has lost, the Dodgers have lost more than the Giants, and so far the Giants are winning on the signing side as well, so. Uh, yeah. The Dodgers have not done a lot. They've not done a lot. Um, but, um, well, yeah, that would be nice. It would be. And you know, anytime we can one up the Dodgers, I'm, I'm for it. Uh, but, you know, I, and so that's that's the big the free agent. I think, you know, still need an outfielder. Uh, he would be a perfect fit. Uh, and we still need more starting pitching. And I feel like, you know, last year they, they brought in like Casimir and, you know, guys that we saw. They still have Jelly and Sammy Long on the 40 man. But uh, you know, I think they're gonna. We're gonna need at least one more starting pitcher. I saw that somebody had added up like all the starts that the our projected rotation made last year, and it was like 125 uh, starts last year. So you're still looking at if they were to repeat this year, you're still looking at like 30, you know, 35 more starts that they were gonna need to, to cover. Right, right. And and the Giants have have admitted that in the past that they don't look at this as a rotation. Right. They look at it as a number of starts that they are going to to need to have out of out of out of the team, and and some of those they have already decided will be bullpen starts, right? So there'll be bullpen games from start to finish. A quote unquote starting pitcher won't make an appearance in the game. They they probably have a number of that in their heads, and they're just trying to fill the rest with probably up to ten guys, right? Yeah. Right. So for them, it's not a five-man rotation that they're looking at. It's 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 really about ten different guys that can start, probably what 152 games. Yeah. Well, I mean, is that yeah. Ten is that ten bullpen starts? Is that too many? Is that too few? Uh, yeah. I, well, especially with the bullpen with the double headers that we're going to see because they're trying oh. to cram these in. You might see some bullpen starts. I, yeah, I don't know. you're probably like going to see probably going to see more of them, right? Yeah, because yeah, there's yeah. going to be a lot of double headers this year. 
Um, so, and a lot of not very and, and less off days, right? As they try to as they try to get 162 games. Good point. Into... Good point. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's you know that the definitely pitching is gonna gonna be factored into there, uh, which is I think a good segue into you know the last sec, you know thing we want to talk about is just a kind of an overview of the 40 man, because there are some 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 pitchers, especially on the 40 man, that should or could factor into a prominent role. Uh, particularly, you know, you start looking at guys like Tyler Beatty, uh, who has, he's out of options. The Giants have been uh, really uh, patient with him as he has been coming back from, uh, you know, surgeries and, you know, trying to find his, uh, his accuracy and, and uh, all that. Uh, Last year did not go well for him uh, with control. You know, he, he walked a ton of batters, both uh, in the majors and, and at AAA. And so, I think this is kind of the it for Tyler Beatty, and and but with him being out of options, he's got to start the season on the on the major league club on the twenty six man roster. So you know that's you know what role is he going to play? He might be one of those spot starter, long relief guys, swingman. He's going to. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what he'll look like. I mean, we don't know what will happen, but I think if he has anywhere near a decent spring, doesn't even have to be good. He's going to be a long man in the bullpen. Yeah. And then it's it's gonna be it's gonna be outing to outing. It's gonna be week to week for him, and then month to month after that. And you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll we'll see, right? Right. But yeah, this is this is make it or break it year for for Tyler Beatty and the San Francisco Giants for sure. Yeah. Well, and so. Other notable guys on the 40 man. I mean, this spring, you know, we don't have a lot of time to figure this out. You know, spring training is being condensed. You got guys like, you know, Tyro Estrada, uh, Steven Duggar, uh, you know, those kind of guys like uh, that no longer can be bounced up and down, you know, uh, from the minors to the majors. And, you know, they've always been one of those like quadruple A kind of players, right, where they've got some value, but they're never breaking into the starting rota- or starting lineup on a regular basis. And so now we've got there's a number of those guys that you know may not even make the club at the end of the, you know, at the end of spring uh, Lamont Way Jr. out of options now, um, probably a lock, right? I mean, he's going to be oh, one of the, the starting. Yeah, so yeah. he's going to be a starter most likely against uh, you know right-handed pitching. He's going to be in there. Uh, right. But then you've got like you know guys like Austin Slater and and Stephen Duggar and you know so there's just it's going to be uh, tight to see. I mean, we're going to miss some of the guys that we've grown to love and see on this team, uh, especially who played a prominent role last year. <laughs> That aren't going to have a spot, you know, when when spring ends. Yeah, well, I mean, let's just let's just I, I, you know, as we said, as we made the homage to to Rusty, the mechanical man. Um, <laughs> I am very rusty. Like I'm just getting, you know, the forty man roster uh, during during the the labor stoppage. I was stopping my labor as well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was not like pouring over the San Francisco Giants 40 man roster. I was not following every single minor league move they made. Um, I, I was I was doing my own little boycott. I, you know, I was not reading daily articles on the CBA, you know, negotiations and how those were going. Uh, but so let's do, let's just do a little recap right here. Right. Right now we got. So. So the starting lineup, we know we have at first base, we have Brandon Belt. So let's just go Brandon Belt, Tommy Listella, Brandon Crawford, and Evan Longoria. That yeah, is... but you, but Tommy Listella had surgery this offseason, so we don't know, you know if he'll even be available to start the season. 
So okay, that, right. That so we don't we don't we we don't know, but let's assume that he is starting because it's an unknown. So we'll okay. just say he's our starting second baseman. We also have Lamont Wade Jr. is slated as a as an outfielder, but we know that he can play first base, and so. Um, and then, um, uh, we also know that, so Ruff will probably be our de facto DH, mm-hmm. uh, yep. um, but this is not how these things are actually going to go, right? Longoria, Longoria was very, very strong against left-handed pitching, but not very strong against right-handed pitching. Um, so there is some question as to who's going to be playing third base in a, in a platoon situation with Longoria. Um, and then we've got in the outfield. It's Craw. Sorry, it's Wade Jr., Yastrzemski, and and Duggar. Yeah. Um. I think are your top guys. Obviously, they're still trying to sign somebody. So one of those guys becomes on the bubble. But you know they'll go to the bench. But that leaves you know Austin Slater as possibly being on the bubble, right? In terms of the outfield. Um. You know, I I stand correct. I'm looking at uh, Fangraphs right now. They say Austin Slater still has that option. So maybe oh. I I assume that he was out of options, but I could be wrong there. That's, I'm going to oh, go with well, I'm going to go with Fangraphs and say that he has one. So that changes things a little bit for Austin Slater. It does. Uh, that does. He would definitely be somebody that they bring up and down. I mean, Mike Yastrzemski has three, but like unlikely yeah, they, they would. He's not going to be option up and down. Uh, Wilmer Flores is still with the team. We all remember Wilmer, right? He's the yep. guy who got jobbed to end our beautiful season <laughs> by um, by Gabe one Gabe Morales, Morales uh, persona non grata. <laughs> That's just that's like French for for. Uh, uh, <laughs> Dang, you're gonna make me beep that out. All right, I was trying to find some way to, you know, for douchebag. Uh, can we say douchebag? Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right, we digress. I just, it just we digress. popped out. It just popped out. I, I get it. I get it. We might have to say we might have to put an e on this episode because I don't think we can bleep that out. <laughs> All, right, All right. Well, and you forgot catcher on our starting well, lineup. Did I, you I did, did you purposely catch. forget that? Like was that like or was that like a I'm still in denial. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm still in denial. Uh no, but I mean we know it's Joey Bart and Kurt Casali there. There's there's it it can't be anybody else than no. those two guys. So <laughs> the question so. is who's gonna be the catcher at triple A, right? I, uh, although I think I read I think I read that they signed some guy today in the minor league and I don't even I just kind of went through my head. So if you're curious, the Giants signed a minor league guy to the you know, catcher today. Um uh, but uh, uh go look Johnny, it up. Johnny Parada? Was it Jose, Jose, Jose Godoy? <laughs> I don't know. I just uh, saw on Twitter that the Giants had signs right before we got on, and I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, I, I didn't anyway, check it out. Anyway, all right. Uh, so so I, I, I think there are a lot of familiar names there, names that we trust. Um, but I do think there are some some that it's it's very left-handed heavy. Uh, we mm-hmm. don't have a lot of right-handers. Um, I, I believe Suzuki is a right-hander, correct? And yes. I know that Castellanos is, which is why yes. I'm so high on him. Um, so if we can get one of those those signings in there, but um, but yeah, I, I think I think the real question mark ultimately comes down to to the starting rotation. I I, I do think, and and people of interest, I think um, I think Tyler Beatty is is a really interesting situation. I think we really should see something from Sean Yelly this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the like, Giants are really high on Sammy Long as well. You know, uh, yeah, who showed some flashes last year uh, with that big overhead curveball. And so, you know, there's there's some options there. Yeah. Yeah. And how many options does uh, does he have? Sammy, uh, Long Sammy Long has two options oh. left. Oh, 
And remember, that means two more seasons in which he can be brought up and down five times now, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. uh, it, it, it's not indefinite. We, 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 can't, we can't treat them like they're like human yo-yos. These are, right. these are, right. these are real human beings, Farhan. <laughs> they're, yep. they're not our, they're not our toys that we can just, you know, yank back and forth on a string. Uh, well, I'm looking uh, at, I'm looking, I'm looking at the pictures on this 40 man though. And there are, there are names that were helping us last year that are sitting in, in, in AAA. I mean, we've got some depth that uh, is pretty impressive. I mean, you've even, I mean, you, you know, Caleb Berger, remember him? We've got mm -hmm. uh, John yep. Brebia, who I know struggled a little bit, but has been a successful pitcher in the past. Uh, still sitting there. You've got Curvin Castro, Gregory Santos, you know, Sean Jelly, Sammy Long. I mean, all those guys are not even projected to make the opening day lineup that could easily come up and fill spots. You know, so there is some depth there that maybe we didn't have in years past. That's pretty well, impressive. Remember last year, Matthew, when you and I were talking about at this time, talking about the bullpen, and we didn't even talk about it. Because it was such a, a question mark, and we didn't we even said know it who was, these guys were. We didn't even right. know their names, and it was it was a work in progress. And one of those ridiculous names was um, was uh, our closer, yeah, Camilo Duvall. Camilo Duvall, right? So, like, one of those names was like, we don't even know who this kid is. You know who? He was put on there because they were protecting him from the uh, from the Rule Five draft. That's right, and and, and, and now he's the closer, <laughs> right? That's and right. and uh, uh, but I, I think what it means is that a lot of those names are the same names that we had last year, but but that bullpen really really uh, solidified itself, especially in the last two thirds of the season, um, and then Doval in the last you know you know uh, month and a half of the season and the postseason. Well, right. what that does, I mean, if you Duvall adds a whole layer of, I mean, now you've got Rogers in the seventh, McGee in the eighth, and Duvall in the ninth. You've got three guys that could legitimately close out games. Well, you have a three-headed monster now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's amazing. You know, and I think, uh, to me, honestly, that was one of the things that I enjoyed the most last year was just the progression of Camilo Duvall. And, and you know, I know that he took the L in that last game, but it's like, you know, so what, whatever. And, and I think that will only make him stronger and better. I'm really excited about our bullpen this year. And it's really funny because it is a lot of the same guys. Yeah, it is. And right. it's funny. I'm thinking back to, you know, all of our Bob Bobisms, And one of the Bobisms we had was oh, our bullpen sucks. Yeah. And we never really got to use it after like the first week. Like, it no, was, uh... no, we, we, we built that quote off of the opening day gut punch. Yep. And uh, and and the bullpen was rocky for the first for the for the next while. Yep. And there were a few guys who took even longer to come around. You know, I'm going uh, to play Bob right now. I'm just going to play. Okay. It. All right. Our bullpen sucks. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't, Bob. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. Dodgers suck. Yes. Yes, they do, Bob. Welcome back, buddy. All right. All right. See, Bob. Bob's, you know, breaking off the rust as well. We're going to have to retire that bullpen one. Um, uh, but uh, all right. Well, you know, we've gone through a bunch. It's been it's been a great uh, hour uh, now, I think, of talking baseball. I feel I feel refreshed. I feel like I feel invigorated. I feel like I feel like like I'm ready for opening day. Like, it's just um, I know. I'm feeling glad that we don't have to have a weekly podcast where we talk about how our Minecraft was for the week. Because I think that was our fallback that, that we talked it. about. And I don't even yeah. play Minecraft, so that was yeah. going to be a hard one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
So, uh, how are your experience farms going, Matthew? <laughs> I don't know, but the creepers keep creeping. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I don't. I know there's creepers. I don't even know what they do. I, that's what my son is telling me about it, and I just start tuning it out. You know. After well, I gotta say, creepers are, are one of the all-time great villains in any video game. Uh, <laughs> And uh, and creepers are always creeping, um, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> That's, for better, That's why for, I said that. Uh, I just yeah. anyway. All right. Well, it's been fun. I can't wait. So weekly episodes now, huh? That's right. Weekly episodes. Uh, from from here on out, we we still don't know exactly what day of the week, right? We, were we still trying to figure that yeah, out? Yeah, you know, last you know, listeners, if you want to get a little meta with us on this, you know, when we first started this podcast, we we're like, oh, we'll record on Sunday nights because Mondays are off days a lot of times, and we'll have some time to get it out, and then we we'll, and and that Mondays weren't off days. I mean, there were like more games on Mondays than 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 they're not games, and so right, so, it's something that we could have easily researched and didn't. Yeah, because... well, that's, that would have, yeah, it, true, but, you know, that's, okay. They don't need yeah. to know that. Like, I just. <laughs> all right, Wait, what all do you right. mean they don't need to know that? They don't need to know that we're idiots, but, uh, okay, all right. <laughs> that's one of those things that's something's funny. Man, you know, they I, make we've the been doing such a good job of, like, not, uh, of, of just pretending that we're, we have a little <laughs> level of, of professionalism and smarts, but, you know, clearly we don't, and now the cat's out of the bag. But, mm. so, to, to finish that thought, though, we're looking at maybe another night. Maybe we record on Wednesday nights and 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 uh, publish on Thursdays. So we'll kind of see how that goes. But still, once a week, and and looking forward to to you guys uh, following along as we uh, go through season, another season of Giants baseball as the reigning National League West champions. Woo hoo! <laughs> yeah, woo All right. Well, with that, I think we'll end it on a woohoo. Uh, don't forget to follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Giant Cocktails at both. Uh, we'll put up uh, recipes uh, for our cocktails and uh, banter back and forth about the the Giants. Uh, give us a follow. Uh, you can also follow Ben at, at Watch Ben Fail on both uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, which is you know one of my favorite things to do. Watch watching Ben Fail, so uh, you should do it too. I, I do it regularly. I don't post about it. As often as I probably should, <laughs> as often as those handles imply. But I, I, I fail on a daily basis. At least that's what my kids tell me. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, with that, it's good ch- ch- talking with you, Ben. And uh, we'll see, uh, see you next week. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up.